Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Cut the Cameras podcast. Today, I am joined with a very special guest, my friend Iris Velen. You pronounced that right. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. <laughs> so, Iris, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are, just to the people who don't know you? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me. Uh, first of yeah, all, I'm very excited. Here. It's my first time. <laughs> Um, yeah, my name's Iris. I am 25 years old and I was born and raised in the Netherlands. Um, I make YouTube videos and that's how we know each other. Um, and yeah, I also work full time, um, at a, an innovation, um, and strategy agency. So, <laughs> yeah. So you guys probably have caught on by now and you know the drill. We're going to start off with our highs and lows. Um, Iris, would you like to take the lead? Yes. Um, I'm going to start with my high. Um, obviously, that was yesterday. <laughs> we were in Amsterdam together. And yeah, it was such a fun day. It was very um, nice. Love spending time together, so... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same. Um, we went to a new area for me, the de pipe, de, de pipe. Yes, the pipe. Oh, yeah. guys, yeah, <laughs> we'll work on it. But um, yeah, it was really nice. I loved our the cafe we went to for brunch, and um, I think that there's gonna be videos on both of our YouTube channels soon. Uh, do you have a low to share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a very boring and sad low, but I was just <laughs> chilling on the couch earlier today and. I was just checking my email and I got a, a really high bill that I need to pay. And oh, I was no. just like, no, I really don't want to deal with this right now. And I was too tired to process it as well. So I kind of just left it there in my email and it's burning in there. And oh, I just don't want to think about it. But that was definitely a low. <laughs> I feel like that's the same energy as like when you have like when you pay for monthly subscriptions and then you get the receipt every month and it just catches you off guard and you're like, oh, well, there goes, you know, 20 euro. It's irritating. Um, Milo is, again, basic, um, but I'm just tired. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, staying up. I just need to I need like a week where I can just hibernate. And then I'll be good. Catch up on all the lost sleep. So today, Iris and I are going to be talking for the most part about um, building sustainable habits and veganism. Um, because Iris and I are both vegans. You for longer. But we'll get into that now. Um, how would you describe like your journey with veganism? When did you start? What was your inspiration? What does it look like for you? Um, I have been vegan for, I think, almost five years now. So it's been a long time. I was always into cooking. Um, so I was always trying out new recipes and I was kind of, um, into the health and nutrition part of it as well. So I was just mm, trying things out. And at some point I was like, hmm, maybe meat isn't the best thing to eat. So I'm <laughs> going to try and eat more vegetarian dishes and, um, yeah, I never really thought that I could become fully vegan. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Liège in Belgium for my Erasmus. And I was very bored and lonely at the beginning. Um, and I just started watching YouTube videos. And I found this girl, 
Um, her name is Bonnie Rebecca. She's not vegan anymore, <laughs> but oh. <laughs> she did inspire me. Um, and I just started to look into it and I saw a few documentaries. Um, I think uh, Forks Over Knives, something like that, mm -hmm. Cowspiracy. Yeah. And yeah, I was just really um, shocked and surprised. And I was like, oh, there, maybe, maybe I can give it a try. And I slowly, I cut out, I think meat first and then um, I think dairy and then the last thing I um, stopped eating was fish so really for, interesting yeah. yeah so you kind of took a yeah because I mean for me it was fish meat then dairy but it's interesting that you give it up first um, five years wow um, I'm sure your diet has kind of changed or evolved a bit since starting even your vegan diet um Have you had any like lessons or takeaways or like big changes? Um, I think, yeah, I, I, well, five years is a long time. And I also have been on the, the internet or like I've been on YouTube <laughs> for a longer time. And I noticed that the whole community around veganism isn't always the nicest place to be. So I just kind of decided that I'm just doing it the way I want to do it. And I, something that I really learned is you don't have to be perfect. Um, there, yeah, people just want you to be this perfect, typical vegan. And I don't think that's realistic for a lot of, um, mm -hmm. yeah, for a lot of people. So I just kind of learned that, yeah, I just know why I do it and um it makes me happy and i try my best but i'm definitely not perfect and i don't want to be perfect great that i mean that's so funny my next um bullet point was actually flaws within the vegan community and so you're too good at this um ahead of me but yeah <laughs> the whole idea of being like a perfect vegan i feel is so much more prominent with that diet than like a vegetarian when it's more normalized to be like a flexitarian and you get proper mm -hmm. like i guess credit in the community for that of making an effort but when someone says that they eat a vegan diet and have a slip up here and there or something else um goes wrong it i feel like they're held to a much higher more kind of cutthroat standard the next topic is you were recently in italy um for those of you who follow iris you must have seen her gorgeous photos and vlogs <laughs> um And so what's your experience been eating a vegan diet while traveling? Because um, I know that certain cities and countries are much easier than others. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been to many countries since being vegan. And um, mm -hmm. I, I noticed that it's not even in countries, but also in the Netherlands itself. Five years ago in the Netherlands, it was really hard to especially eat out you can do your own grocery sh shopping and even if they if a country doesn't have a large um uh, they don't have a lot of meat replacements you can still make mm -hmm. a good vegan meal but if you're you're eating out then it's definitely harder and yeah i've been for example i've been in australia and there it's like vegan heaven <laughs> so it yeah. wasn't an issue there um and also yeah in italy i was in rome and in rome it's yeah really easy to be vegan but then we went to the south of italy and there it was so so hard we mm -hmm. couldn't find restaurants that had vegetarian options so vegan was like a mission impossible and <laughs> yeah. yeah i just kind of learned to 
I just kind of know the things that I can look for. So you have like pasta arrabbiata, which is just a, a pasta with tomato sauce. And, and if you can ask to, them to make it without the cheese, then it's vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I also order a pizza vegetariana without the cheese, those yeah. kind of things. But if you if you are in, a, in Italy for two weeks and you, the only thing that you can eat is a pizza with just some vegetables and no cheese... Yeah, it gets a bit gets boring. Tiring. Yeah, so I'm definitely a little bit more. Um, for example, if I order, if they have a vegetarian burger and um, they have like cheese and sauce, I will just order it without the cheese and the sauce because I know that those are most likely not vegan. But I don't really know if the burger itself has like egg or milk powder, but. If I'm traveling and, you know, yeah, that's just kind of my only option, then I'm definitely more flexible. And I personally don't think that that would make me a bad vegan or less vegan. Not at all. No, not at all. Yeah. You have to be flexible, especially in a, a unfamiliar environment or one that, you know, you don't have control of. Um, that being said, there are also a lot of, I feel, common like misconceptions about uh, veganism from people who aren't vegan or don't take really the time to be well-versed in their knowledge about that type of diet. So did you have any misconceptions before transitioning to veganism? Because I know I did. Um, if I had misconceptions myself? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Well, I watched a lot of vegan influencers when I just started um, kind of like my vegan journey. And I was mm-hmm. expecting... The image you see on the internet is just healthy, like the most happy and mm-hmm. I don't know, unrealistic vegans. And I mm-hmm. just thought if I become vegan, I'm just going to be this really healthy, happy <laughs> person um, just like that. But it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. Um, so that was a misconception. Um, like a vegan diet doesn't necessarily have to, has to be a, a healthy diet. You can be a yeah. very, very unhealthy <laughs> yeah. vegan as well. I like that spin. I feel like that is more of like a positive spin, though. I I hear a lot like um like veganism is more expensive, which obviously is relative. Um, because in terms of maybe a meat, so like a plant based meat alternative, sure. But there's a lot of like organic, natural things you could eat that are arguably cheaper. Or um something that I've heard recently is like what one person does won't make a difference. Like one person's actions. Like mm. what would you how would you respond to that? Oh, I heard that so many times. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to make the difference. But I really think that that's not true because you influence so many people around you as well. When I um, first became vegan, my parents were actually, I, th- I think I still lived with them at some point. When I came back from mm-hmm. Belgium, I lived with them for a few months before I moved back on my own I don't know where actually but they were kind of like oh okay are you sure you want to become vegan and um do you think you're going to be able to get all the nutrients and yeah they were kind of skeptical because yeah they we didn't know any vegans so it was um yeah it was a bit um hard for them at at first but they saw how easy it was for me and the meals that I made and I cooked for them and they loved it so much and now my parents they are not vegan but they eat 
I think 90, 95% of the time they eat plant-based. So um, yeah, and, and it's not just my parents, it's also my friends and my family and just you influence a lot of people around you and especially if you try to do it in a positive way that's always the message that I'm trying to um, give to people like I don't want to be um, judgmental because someone is eating meat but mm -hmm. if I can inspire them then I think you can really um, make them maybe rethink their choices or give it make them think like oh maybe i should get this uh, a chance or yeah exactly yeah, that's such a such a nice approach and mindset rather than arguing like educating and informing uh, what tips would you have for someone who's like wanting to create more of a sustainable diet um or saying like i could be a vegan but you know any one of the misconceptions um i think what I always tell people is just try, you don't have to be fully vegan, just just like that. You can start with um, making more vegan meals. So even in your day, your your day-to-day -day life, if you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, try to make at least one of them vegan and just start mm -hmm. with that. And just look up recipes, maybe on YouTube, there's so many. Just try, yeah, try to make um vegan breakfast just for a week and see if you like it and see what kind of recipes you like and then maybe you can make like a vegan breakfast and lunch and then maybe a dinner mm -hmm. uh or one or two and just slowly do it like that and just get familiar with vegan recipes and yeah that's great yeah i actually think that that's um smart because what i found when i made the transition from vegetarianism to veganism at first i was just trying it out for a week like inspired by some earth day event i forgot what it was mm -hmm. but um and then i found that once i had like actually made the effort of going to the store and buying like soy butter and like um trying di alternatives for um my god milk cheese mm -hmm. whatever whatever it just the idea of transitioning back it's it just seems kind of pointless because I'm like right now I feel better about my decisions and it's just as easy I'm going through the same amount of effort um and I discovered a lot of different recipes and things that I liked so yeah I agree with and that advice I also um what I like to do in the beginning is I just picked all of my favorite things that I used to eat and just mm -hmm. veganize it so if you look up a vegan lasagna, you might get a lasagna made out of um, zucchini and then it has this really hard kind of type of sauce with all these vegetables. But I used mm -hmm. to make my lasagna super simple. It was just red sauce and cheese and, and like meat. And that's it, mm -hmm. like the very basic lasagna. So I just replaced all of the animal products with plant-based options mm -hmm. and then you just have the same dish but vegan and it doesn't have to be like crazy healthy or whatsoever yeah. you just make it the way you like it and mm -hmm. yeah great yeah um another thing my friend carmen who was um, on the podcast last week something she always says is like the most important first step is just to like be informed um and be educated because i found myself like before transitioning um, to veganism, kind of almost like purposely um, avoiding and ignoring the effects of like animal mm. agriculture just to feel better. Um, and like as a vegetarian, even I was 
reluctant to go a step further um, rather than just like the meat industry and focus on the dairy industry and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so I think that with being well-versed in your knowledge and properly informed, the motivation just kind of will sometimes come as a byproduct and that desire to actually take action and make a difference. Um, yeah, it's like a package deal. So at least that was my experience. Yes, for sure. Wrapping up the veganism topic, do you have any like favorite meat and dairy alternatives or any favorite plant-based creators to follow? Just things that um, the listeners could know. Yeah, I have two um, pickup limes on YouTube. She makes the best recipes. Um, and then Gas Oakley. Um, his channel used to um, be, I think, avant-garde vegan, but he changed it to his name. But uh, yeah, I follow he, him. <laughs> yeah, he's a vegan chef, and he has this really beautiful house somewhere in Wales, and he he, he makes his own like ve- he plants his own vegetables, and uh, he's just amazing. And he's also, I think, for especially for men, because men are always scared that they won't be able to work out. And be vegan because they they think that it's impossible to get your um, protein, um, which is not true. But for especially if you need someone like he used to be a bodybuilder, I think so. He's very fit and he makes really affordable, easy, and the best recipes. Great, yeah, those will both be linked down below. Moving on, I wanted to take some time to talk about like shopping and fast fashion. Um, I don't think we, outside of the podcast, have talked too in detail about this, so it could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just to start, what is like your personal relationship with fast fashion, like your closet, your views, your outlook? Mm, well, when I um, was in high school, I think, which is a long mm-hmm. time ago, um, <laughs> I um, actually... Uh, I. I was born in a small town and I had a big city like 20 minutes away so when I was I think 14 or something Mm -hmm. me and my friends we would go to the city and there they had H&M and Zara which for for us was like crazy because um, we didn't have that in our small little town so I think I kind of had a a shopping addiction for a while Um, also with ordering online I used to order a lot of clothes on yeah, H&M, Zara, all those stores. Um, and then, yeah, I think two or three years ago, I, I kind of looked into the, yeah, the fast fas- fashion and its effects mm-hmm. on human well-being, but also the environmental impact it has. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Um, so I started buying secondhand and... Um, thrifting and also just try to I really like fashion and I I like putting together an outfit but I don't need new Mm -hmm. things every single week or month so Mm -hmm. yeah I'm still with that as well I'm not perfect I still every once in a while buy buy something from um, a fast fashion um, store brand but I try to Mm -hmm. do it um, the least as possible the reason that I want to talk about this is kind of the role of the internet um, with fast fashion, because in terms of like veganism or d- like diet in general, like people, 
people have been eating for a while, right? Um, <laughs> the the internet maybe has played a role in like spreading recipes, or even maybe has shined a positive light on like plant based alternatives and making you know, easier access. But I think it's kind of had the opposite effect on the fashion industry and it's fast fashion, especially because of um, like trends and hauls and influencers just promoting like so much um, consumerism and so, mm -hmm. so much access to shopping online. So um, I'd love to talk a bit about like the effect that the internet has and then also the importance as like a content creator to only really promote things you believe in. Um, so that you're not accidentally contributing. Um, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, I think you're um, absolutely right. I think people just um, sometimes expect that a creator, like when you follow someone on Instagram, you want to be inspired by their outfits and they they kind of feel pressure to wear something new every single post, but that's not realistic. And that's also, I think, pretty harmful because... A lot of people just are not in a position to even buy things um, like that or the outfits that a lot of um, influencers wear. And yeah, I think that we need to normalize re-wearing outfits <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. yeah, you were talking about that yesterday and made some good points. Um, yeah, I think I, that too, I mean, having a different outfits on your Instagram feed as a creator, it it's not just you, it's also the people who are consuming that content. Um, and now with like micro, micro trends and fast, fast fashion, you know, um, like patchwork jeans a year or two ago and like the, the House of Sunny Hockney dress that Kendall Jenner wore, these trends are now lasting like days, if not a week or two. Brands like Sheen, ASOS, like it, it's, I think that it's just pressing now as well. And it's something that I want to focus on a bit more. Do you feel like pressure to follow um, trends because you obviously um, you have a, a following? So do you kind of feel pressure to follow trends because you want to stay on trend for the people that follow you? Um, not necessarily fashion trends um, because I think us being mostly on YouTube with long form mm -hmm. content... I think it's less of that. Um, but I will say when I was a couple of years ago, before I had really thought about the effects of fast fashion, seeing sites that are selling um, garments that are trendy, I mean, they look current, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. for such a cheap price. I'm like 10, 20 euros. I was super intrigued just to click order without thinking twice about it. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips or ways to limit how often you shop fast fashion? Um, well, <laughs> I um, lived in very small shared houses for two years and now I moved into an apartment with my boyfriend, but I never had a big closet. So yeah. my issue was that I could actually not fit many clothes in my house. So I had to be very um, like selective with the pieces that I wanted to have with me and over the years, I just kind of sold a lot of things on Vinted. And, oh, that's actually something, that's a tip. I Whenever I see something on H&M or Zara or mm -hmm. a fast fashion trend that I like, I just look up the exact thing on Vinted because 
the chances are that someone already bought that or something very similar, especially if it is a trend, and then you can still buy it, but it's like a secondhand buy. So I think it's better that exactly. way. And it's also, I mean, still a affordable price. And there's so many options. Vinted, for those of you who don't know, I think it's only in uh, Europe, but it's a secondhand like online people just sell their clothes but if you're in the u.s um you can use depop there's grailed there's thread up yeah the other day i was listening to a podcast i was talking about another podcast um saying how people in i believe it was sweden or scandinavia in general um and europe in general tend to buy less clothes that are higher quality and then are like focused on long longevity, which I think is just a good practice. The other day I asked you guys on the podcast Instagram at cutthecameras.podcast or dot pod, sorry, um, to ask Iris some questions. And as per usual, you guys came through. So I'm gonna pull a few questions up for you, Iris. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, this one kind of feeds in. Um, they just asked, how was your university experience? So you can interpret that in any way. Um, yeah, I, well, my university experience here in Nijmegen was a little bit sad because I moved here, um, September, 2019. So you mm -hmm. can already, um, I think, yeah, see where oh, this is going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I moved here in, I, no, I moved here in October and, um, yeah, I had the time of my life for two or three months. <laughs> and then oh, no. uh, yeah COVID happened so yeah half of my pre-masters and my whole masters I just spent at home in lockdowns in and out of lockdowns and yeah um that was really sad oh I'm sorry yeah I know I swear a lot of people had that experience where COVID just kind of disrupted um especially their like first year which is so unfortunate yeah. um but also, I mean, this is from me, not someone on Instagram. You studied environmental, what was it? Environment and society studies, yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to talk a bit about that? Anything you found interesting? What it is? What the course is? Um, yeah. Um, so it is not as much like environmental science. So um, it is much more about the, the conflict in society and societal contexts that are related to environmental issues and i think that's very interesting because a lot of um the the things you hear in the news um about environmental issues climate change it's all facts um mm -hmm. and research and somehow people just don't seem to get it or they don't mm -hmm. want to they don't want to get it and um, I think, yeah, it's it's really hard with those issues. I think they're they're called like, um, yeah, transition issues or something like that. But mm -hmm. like, for example, you have companies, you have civil society parties, and then you mm -hmm. also have like governments and they all think something um, about a certain topic and then yeah, somehow you need to all come together and create a solution and it's so hard. Um, so that's kind of what it's about. And yeah, I really liked it. I did a like specialization in global environment and sustainability. Mm -hmm. And I actually um, did uh, like a research at WWF International, which was really fun. No way. That's super cool. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, about um, conservation with indigenous people. So super interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that really fits um, the topic. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Another question. Someone asked, how do you balance your job? Because now you're working on a job with uh, your YouTube channel and your public presence. Is that like stressful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's definitely hard. Uh, I work in Eindhoven, so it's like a one and a half hour commute from where I live. And then I work um, five days a week from nine to five. And yeah, besides that, I try to upload a video <laughs> once a week. So it's definitely hard because I need to or like I try to film on the weekends and then I edit on the train or when I'm back from work and yeah mm -hmm. it's just it's a lot i noticed that when i was still studying i could also film like on weekdays and now it's harder because yeah, yeah i'm just working and i don't want i kind of try to keep it like separate i don't want mm -hmm. my work to be too much in my vlogs mm -hmm. um so sure. yeah then you just have like the sunday the saturday and the sunday to film your videos yeah. well somehow you manage to do it i would say flawlessly like you don't you, it doesn't shine through in your content if there's any complication um oh something we were talking about yesterday um that someone asked is do you ever kind of struggle with like societal expectations with like growing up and um you know, now that you've graduated from your master's and you're kind of out and on your own, do you ever feel like there's something you should be doing that you're not? So, yeah, I feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, I'm 25 and uh, a lot of people around me are like buying houses and they all work full time. And I don't know, I'm just always a bit restless, I feel like. I, sure. I I still don't really know where I want to be in five years or, or at least I don't even know where I want to be in one year. So mm -hmm. I, I move places a lot and I just don't feel like settling down. But then there's also just kind of like that pressure from society or yeah, that, that you kind of need to settle down at some point and get your life together. But I, I just don't think that's for me. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about that. I think that you do you. Um, you're doing that very well. They said, how has your recent growth been on YouTube? You had a morning routine video, right? That did quite well. And yeah, you've had, you've definitely experienced some growth. Has that changed anything for you? Um, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I, I definitely didn't expect it to happen then. I was kind of hoping for it because I've been doing YouTube like full time, I think since 2020. So it's been, mm -hmm. um, two and a half years now mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people can relate if you if you start YouTube and you do YouTube like the first it depends everyone is different of course but for a lot of people like the first few years you kind of you do it for no one for like mm -hmm. <laughs> like 200 people Literally or something no and, <laughs> um but yeah then um yeah obviously my channel um had a nice nice little um, growth uh, <laughs> spur there so it's really nice to see it happen but then I also noticed that you kind of get used to it so so quickly because you know at first my goal was always like oh I really want 10,000 subscribers that's such mm -hmm. a, a nice number and then you hit 
10,000 subscribers and you're like, oh, what's next? Yeah. You know, and you yeah. always kind of are focused on the next thing, which is mm -hmm. not always good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you spent time living in Australia how many years ago? Uh, I think it was, hmm, I think almost four years ago already. Well, someone asked if you had any highlights from your time living in Australia. Oh, yeah. So many. Um, we lived in Brisbane for, I think, two or three months because um, David, my boyfriend, was studying there. And I just love Brisbane so much as a city. And um, then we just went traveling. And yeah, it was just... I love Australia so much. It's such a beautiful country. And we just had a camper van and I learned how to surf. It's like the the perfect... <laughs> the typical um yeah. story of someone going Aussie. to australia yeah, yeah um there was one campsite that we stayed at and it was um, a kangaroo sanctuary so you had to pay for the campsite um and then the owner used like the money that he got from the campsite to um take care of the the kangaroos like oh, the baby so kangaroos nice. yeah and there were just kangaroos all over the campsite, which is no way. so cool. Yeah. Well, I've never been to Australia, so I need to get on my game and I'll go. I think I'm going to ask one more question. Okay, to tie it back to the subject, someone asked, what are like small scale daily habits that I can incorporate to contribute to a more sustainable lifestyle? Ooh. Um, well, I think... A very obvious one I think is try to shop local mm -hmm. so if you if you have like a, a, a market in, in your town or where you live mm -hmm. try to go to like the farmers market or the market to buy your fruits mm -hmm. and vegetables because usually they they are like from a local farmers mm -hmm. so um, I really like to do that and then I like to tr I try to avoid plastic so when I buy things yeah. at the supermarket I, mm -hmm. I bring my own reusable bags and those kind of things too um, i would add i think you do a great job of that um and in the netherlands it's well provided um just taking advantage of public transport with you oh, especially yes. commuting to work on a daily i mean you could choose to spend three hours in a private car or take mm -hmm. the train and you take the train so that's that's impressive um, yeah that's a good one yeah um, and I, I totally forgot, yeah, the shopping local is such a good tip because especially me eating a vegan diet, I do have to keep in mind, like, if I'm buying fruit or vegetables that were imported from, like, say, South America, right, mm -hmm. that still has a big effect on carbon emissions. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah also local. seasonal fruit and vegetables. Mm -hmm. That's also mm -hmm. something that I think a lot of people don't really think of. Mm -hmm. Um and I didn't do that either for a long time. But strawberries, they in the Netherlands, you cannot eat them in December. You can buy them, yeah. but they're not supposed to be there in December, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah, which means that they're prob they're getting imported from somewhere else. So again, exactly. I think kind of moral of the story of this episode is just like being aware because it's easy not to be. They make it easy not to be in kind of our modern world and with social media. It's it's easy to sugarcoat it, right? Mm -hmm. And also just don't be afraid to 
make mistakes like mm-hmm. yeah it's okay yeah. to make a, a small like a mistake every once in a while you don't have to do it perfect because no one is perfect just a small efforts make a big difference already i think that's a great note to end on um thank you so much for joining me today iris it was nice talking to you again <laughs> thank you, you for um, having me yeah and if you guys want to go follow iris all of her socials will be linked in the description i can't recommend enough um I've, i was an iris fan before i was a friend of hers so yeah Aww. take it for me and yeah i'll see you guys in the next episode bye bye <laughs>